welcome to Retro Wars, where each week me and a friend talk about the video games we used to play back when we were kids. Hi, my name is Daniel Carroll, and this is episode 86, and I am talking Lunar, the Silver Star. Now, this game. I know there is a big legacy behind this game before anyone comes at me and goes, don't get this wrong. I'm going to get this wrong. There are going to be people probably annoyed with me, because I had never played this at all. So, when I googled what is Lunar after I was asked to do it, I was terrified because the amount was like, Lunar is one of the greatest games ever, it's a great, amazing story, you need to play it on this console because this game has been ported several times. It originally was like a Sega CD, that's how long we're talking here, but it's been on the Sega Saturn, and I played it on the PSP, it's been on the PlayStation, it's been on everything, it seems. It's a bloody whore of a game. It wants to port itself everywhere. So I played this on the PSP because I was trying to work out what is the best way of playing it. And I can easily accessible, easily accessible, easily access PlayStation Portable games. And so I played it on there. And this was the last game then from my period when I was over at the UK. Because I got through a bunch of games over there. And Lunar was the one that took the most time. I finished it on the way back. I was on a plane. As I managed to get it done, and I was very happy to get it finished because I was starting to get a little bit bored with it. Um, I know some people are going to come at me with hate for that, and I'm like, how oh, dare you say that? But I, I do have my comments. I do have my comments. This week, I am joined by the the great and wonderful Mr. Chris Copleen from the Retro Hangover Podcast, my good friend. He was the one who suggested I play this, and you know, he was like, you need to play on the Saturn. I was like, no, you you need to go to hell, to be honest, mate. So I played it for the PSP. Now, if you are here just for that, if you are here just for that, maybe go about half an hour, 40 minutes down the road. But please stay. We try and have some fun along the way. We do games. We do questions. We do the news. We do lots of lovely things in between. Now, first of all, I do need to do my plugs because that's what helps pay the bills around here. Wherever you are, please support the show. Give it a five-star review. Tell me I'm great. Tell me I'm crap. Tell me this is the best show you've ever heard. And whenever you see it pop up on your socials, please give it a retweet or a follow because it just helps get the show out there. If you want to support the show financially, you can do over so on patreon.com forward slash RetroWars, where for $1 each month you get access to your own show called DLC. Now this could be top 10s, modern day game reviews, or gaming events. As a bit of a sneak peek, this was episode 59 and my thoughts on the recent Nintendo Direct. So first up was Splatoon 3. I ain't playing Splatoon, we all know that. Splatoon's not been my sort of cup of tea. Um, however, they showed they're adding a roguelike to it. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Now, roguelikes can be done well. They can be done... Rogue. I think this one's become the big thing. Hades was a really good success. Now, is this going to work for Splatoon? I don't know. Like, just because you add it doesn't mean to say it's going to be a hit. You've really got to put it out there and make sure it plays well. And that was episode 59 and my thoughts on the recent Nintendo Direct. 
Next week, we're going to be talking Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. A trailer dropped and also made a big appearance at the Tokyo Game Show. So I'm going to be giving you my thoughts on what I hope happens, what I'm really disappointed about, what I'm not looking forward to, what I am looking forward to. So if you're a big Final Fantasy VII nut, this is going to be for you. Now, 5% of our Patreon fund each month is going to go to a UK charity called Get Well Gamers, and they help supply games and consoles to 150 children's wards across the UK. And so far, we've only raised $5.40, which I know isn't much, but hopefully we can make this grow over time and get to the stage where we can donate games and consoles. If you do have any games you want to donate directly, you'll find the link at the bottom of the description, and I'm sure the charity will really appreciate that. Additionally, what you get for your money? Well, you get the chance to enter our own Discord, where if you are a Sega Saturn nut, there's a Saturn section for you. Yes, Saturnians, there is a space for you here. It's not like place I'm going to go, but it's there, okay? It's like your own little special little pod where you weirdos can get together. Additionally, you also get the chance to message me one-on-one, and you can take part in all our bits of the show, 16 bits of nonsense, survive or die, DLC, or comment on our game of the week, and I will probably butcher your names. Right, let's get into our first section, which is our letter section, and I call that 16 Bits of Nonsense. Sixteen Bits of Nonsense is our letter section where you guys can pretty much ask me whatever you want. And we've got two questions this week. First up, it's Captain N. Danny, another great gaming question coming from Captain N. Your hero and Canadian role model. Alright, okay, whoa, whoa. Settle down, I can only get so horny. What is the one game you would recommend that a fan of any genre would likely enjoy? If you say Pokemon, you will lose 10 points to your credit pet ability and 250 points to your credit score. Oh... Look, you, I'm not going to say Pokemon, because if you... <laughs> oh, I just said it, haven't you? Shit! 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 I've already said Pokemon twice! Okay, that's 20 points down and 500 points on my credit score. It's already shit enough, come on. I'm probably going to say a Mario game, because you can't really get offended by a Mario game. And I'll probably say Super Mario World. I'd like to think that's a good starting point to any gamer. Just a, a nice, crisp Mario game... It's easy to jump into. The, the difficulty level's not too bad. It looks good. It sounds good. The controls are still really tight. I think literally those first two levels of Super Mario World are just an absolute joy. They really are. Whilst I can say Sonic, people are going to moan, oh, well, yeah, there's Sonic. Yeah, I know, but I'd, I'd probably, for a first-time gamer, I'd say just play that. You want to chill out a little bit? You want to just copy calm? Play the first few levels of Super Mario World and that'll be a cup of tea. And I'm not going to say the PKMN because yeah, I like my credit score. But yeah, I just, I just, I just can't, I can't see people going Super Mario World shit. I, I just don't. I've never heard that. I've never heard a good reason for that, or even anyone say it. So I'm going to go with that. But I've heard plenty of reasons why the other one's shit. I've been having that all my life, for God's sake. People are still surprised I even play that video game. Oh, it's for babies. Well, you're a baby. That's all I can say to that. Chris Goblin says Chuck's smutty lunar satin dud. So happy that a Saturn game is being talked about this week. No, it's not. That makes two with X-Men vs. Street Fighter. No, I was talking about the arcade port. You'll wear that Saturnian badge with pride suit. Shut up. I owe Saturnia. Shut up. In honor of the event, what is your hypothesis on why the Saturn outsold the Dreamcast overall and the N64 in Japan? Okay, I can try and answer this one. Um, did it actually do both? I didn't realize that. I suppose... The reason probably was, 
what oh, probably because PlayStation had such a market for when when that came out because it was like holy crap it's discs and the, I'm sure the sat was that Saturn was discs as well and for the N64 to suddenly go to cartridges it was like oh people were very horrified with that idea that you were going to be going to the cartridge bases and you know time has shown why that was probably not the best idea I've just played Mega Man 64 recently and yeah that basically justifies why it should have never gone to cartridge or oh, discs are always the way forward I'd say over the Dreamcast was for the simple reason that Sony and Nintendo already had their foot in the door you know it'd been a, it'd been a while and don't get I know the Saturn had its foot in the door I know but I just couldn't see I could see when the Dreamcast came out it just got shit all over when the PlayStation 2 came out the PlayStation 2 just poo-pooed over and Xbox came in and basically dominated everywhere else. I know it didn't really dominate in Japan, but the PlayStation 2 was such a powerhouse. The Dreamcast didn't stand a chance. And then obviously the Saturn's not going up against the Dreamcast, is it? It's not going up against that one. I, I love the Dreamcast. I think it did have its time in the sun, but it wasn't that long until literally the bigger sun came out and just dwarfed it and just overshadowed it. And do I think the Saturn's a good console? No, I stand by my thoughts and I barely played a Saturn. I held I held an arcade stick this weekend and it literally, I could feel my fingertips burning. I could feel the poisonous fumes coming off it. I could also feel the angry stare of the guy I was taking it off and he was like, what the fuck are you doing? I just looked at him like, oh, why'd you buy a Saturn? Why'd you buy a satin piece of shit? And then I gave him a business card and said, listen to the show. So if you are listening to the show, mate, welcome aboard. <laughs> oh, I'm such a wanker. Yes, anyone who I gave a business card to at the Sydney Comic Con. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, I am a bit of a knob. I hope I didn't embarrass myself too much. I'll get on to that. I'll get on to that at the end of the plug about what I've been up to. We will be talking about that. But that is the letter section. Let's get into our new section, which we call Patch 86.0. Patch 86.0 is our new section where I've been looking about what's been going on in the gaming world and give my thoughts on it. Now, I'm not, there's not much news as in quantity, but there is good news as in quality. And I was going to be talking about the Final Fantasy Rebirth details because I got the release date, but then the Tokyo Game Show came up and I thought, eh, there's quite a bit I need to talk about here, so that's why I moved that to DLC. The big news, though, kid dropped yesterday, I know it was the other day, two days ago, where Microsoft have finally got it over the regulators um, when it comes to getting their deal across by Activision Blizzard. And it's going to be happening. It is now going to be happening. The final, uh, final, what would you call it? Hurdle. That's it. The final hurdle has now been crossed in Britain, in the UK market. They finally allowed it. Now, they basically, it's to do with Activision. 
that everyone has allowed a piece of the pie when it comes to Activision. That's what the UK market was a bit worried about, that basically Activision will be blocked off. And they've said, no, 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 no. Um, Microsoft has said, no, no, everyone can have a bit of a pie when it comes to Activision. They're still not going to be blocked off. And I know that was one of the big worries because of Call of Duty. And originally the UK were a bit worried about cloud-based gaming, which was like, okay, didn't realize that was a thing. But they've now allowed the deal. Maybe Microsoft allowing the fact that Activision is kind of like, you know, people can bid on it and play on, you know, those games because they own Call of Duty. And that is one of the biggest sellers for all the gaming consoles, not just Microsoft, but for PlayStation as well. So people, I think there was a lot of concern if they do buy this, they're going to say, no, no more Call of Duty for PlayStation fans. And that would have been a huge, huge decision had that happened. So the deal, whilst it's not been completed, it is now allowed to go through. So that's where we're up to at the moment. So I suspect by next week, the deal would have gone through and I can start fucking talking about it because it seems every week I've been going on about that bloody thing and I'm finally happy I can just go, do you know what? It's done. So now it's going to basically, when it's done, what is that going to mean? What's that going to mean for gaming, the industry? What's that going to mean for the consumer? I don't, I can say, do I really care about what it means for the industry? Yes, because obviously people's jobs are affected by it. I'm more bothered about what it's going to mean for the consumer. Now, I'm not somebody who goes out and plays their games. I'm not an Activision person. I'm not a Blizzard person. But I know there will be people who sit there and go, holy shit, I, I, you know, I, I want those games. Like, I want to play Overwatch. I want to play World of Warcraft. So I'm more worried about them. I want to make sure that people aren't getting screwed over and they're not getting forced to buy an Xbox when they've got a PlayStation. I hope there can be some workaround around that, but we'll wait and see. You know, the fact they bought Bethesda, that was a big thing. Obviously, they got Starfield. Uh, fair enough, you can have Starfield, but then you've got the Elder Scrolls. That's going to be the biggie. What are you going to do with that? Are you going to keep that to yourself or are you going to put that on both consoles? Because if you keep that on your own console, which you would be allowed to do, Ooh, people are going to be scratching their heads because they will want to play Elder Scrolls 6 when that drops. But we'll wait and see. How much money do you want, Microsoft? And probably all of it. Let's be honest, you want all of it. I'm on a Microsoft system as it is because I'm not using a computer. So, Microsoft, you are in everybody's homes. Unless you've got an Apple. Then, yeah, they don't. Now, speaking of Microsoft... With this whole dealings with all these different regulatory bodies and all the lawsuits that have been happening, loads of emails have come out. Some have been a bit like, ooh, that, the problem Microsoft didn't want that to know. But leaked emails did get out and probably Microsoft did not want to see these emails. And it basically said that from, they were from, direct from Phil Spencer that they want to go after Nintendo. They want to try and buy Nintendo. It's like, holy shit, they're going after them again. Now, previously it came out, uh, Microsoft did try and buy Nintendo and they got laughed out of the room. But this might have been early days. This, we're now in is a very different situation. Let's be honest, Microsoft are in a bit different situation where they are now. They're trying to buy everything. You know, you're trying to buy every chess piece on the board. They And they're basically monitoring the situation. They've openly admitted it would be a huge grab for them to get Nintendo. I, if, look, look at all the struggles you've had to try and get this deal over the line. Do I think you're going to get Nintendo? Not a chance. Even if Nintendo says, yes, you can buy me, there is no way in the world that is going to go through. Not a chance. Do you think Sony would let that happen? No way. They would be kicking up a storm left, right, center. You'd be in court for years. You would be in an absolute, it'd just be litigation after litigation. After, it'd be a freaking nightmare. I wouldn't want to be anyone. Actually, but if you're part of the legal team, you're having a great day because you're going to get paid left, right, center. No way is that ever going to happen. 
The other thing I thought was quite interesting is that they're basically severely hinting they want to head towards cloud-based gaming. They really are. They were like, oh, yeah, that's going to be the future. That's going to be the next Xbox console, which is like, okay, fair enough. That's what your goal is. But they're obviously obviously keeping an idea of what was happening with Stadia. And uh, that was Amazon's um, idea of gaming, but it fell flat. Oh, no, it's not Amazon. Amazon. Google. It was Google's idea of making a games console, but it fell flat on its face. Now, I do think that is the future of gaming. I really do. I just think the Stadia came too early. I don't think gamers are ready for it yet. It is going to be the future. We're not going to have, you know, cartridges and discs will be a thing of the past. It'll all be through our internet cables. I just think the Stadia had the right idea. It's just come too early. Give it a few more years, maybe 10, 20, 15 more years, we'll be seeing cloud-based gaming. It it is the way future. Everything will be subscription-based gaming. You just wait and see it will be. The moment you make internet speeds even better, they just will. They they just will because it'll cut down your manufacturing costs. You won't have to get cartridges anymore. You won't have to make boxes. You won't have to do all that shite. It'll just be on the internet. It'll be like Netflix. It really will be like that. Now, MK1. Mortal Kombat 1. Now, last week I was praising this because the release was pretty good. But I forgot I was meant to rant about something. And I'm going to go on a bit of a rant about this now. So if you are a fan of Mortal Kombat, you might not like what I I have to say. And there's two things I'm going to say about this. The first of all is the Switch port has been absolutely annihilated. And so it fucking should. Holy crap. The Switch port is absolutely dreadful. It's buggy. It's glitchy. It looks terrible. The load times are a disgrace. An absolute disgrace. And it's one of those, I've ranted about this, the game should have never been released. Like, it's all well and good, Ed Boon saying, yes, the patch is coming. Fine, the patch is coming, but you knew this game was absolutely dog shit. You should have never released it. Like, I don't know why they even bothered releasing a Switch port. This is a game which is not, a console I can't even do PS4 games well. And this is now a game that's for the PS5. What did you think was going to happen? It's like you're doing two separate games. You're completely different. They should have never bothered and just said, no, the Switch can't handle this with what we want to do. It's not going to be on because it looks absolutely dreadful. It really does. Look at all the stuff of Johnny Cage, of Reptile, of Melina, and you just want to vomit. That's how I look at it. You just want to make a little bit of sicky in your mouth. It's it's that bad. It's, It's just shocking. So hopefully, if they patch it, I don't know how well the patch is going to be. But if you bought MK1, I do. I'm I'm sorry for you. And the thing is, they charge so much money for it as well. Like fuck you, you charge near like the full whack for this. So absolutely suck a dick. Um, that's really. I'm sorry, Ed. That sticks with you. That you're the you're the head honcho. You knew this was a thing. You could have stopped this and gone. Nope. 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 You don't tell me anyone at testing would have gone, just no, no chance, delay it. You should have delayed it. And my other little thing is about your DLC. Now, I know there's a combat pack one, and I will be doing a thing about a combat pack one, because they've got, I was really happy with some of the characters, uh, you know, you've got Omni-Man, which is cool, John Cena's going to be in it, that's cool. And I will be doing future DLC about who I think is going to be, in the future combat packs, uh, combat packs, combat packs. I think we're going down a kind of, it's going to be like a anti-hero sort of thing. I think that's what we're kind of going for. So I'd like to see what it's going to look like in the future. But the reason why I'm talking about this is that your other characters that you put in there, one's well, Takeda, that's fine. He, he's a combat kid, he's fine. But sorry, if you're not a Mortal Kombat fan, you're probably thinking what the hell, but there is a point to this. 
But you had other characters such as Havoc was in there, Ermac was in there, and Quan Chi was in there. Now, the reason why I mention these three characters is that they're in the fucking game already. They're in the game, and you have to fight against these characters multiple times, I should say. Ermac especially. You fight against Ermac multiple times in this game. And it's like, hang on. If you even have to fight against these characters... So, Quan Chi, yes. Havoc, you fight once. If you have to fight against these characters, then up yours. They're in the fucking game. Don't lock them behind a paywall. Like, I just think that's really naughty. I think that's really naughty to me, like a child or a like a teacher. That's really shit. Like, I just think that's that's really poor form. Like, they're on the disc. They're player. The, you know, if the computer can use them, so should you. I, you know, again, it's different if it's like it was like a boss character so like they had montaro and this is like the old mortal kombat games for example and goro in mortal kombat one he wasn't playable but there was like but if they had a dlc of goro later on from day one yeah then i get the shits so i've got i really have the shits with this because i just think that's bullshit you hid it behind a paywall it was already there and i was like that that's shit just give another put the put the combat kids in there put more of them in and have no problems so yeah, really not happy with Warner Brother Games and NetherRealm Studios. You've kind of been a bit shit there. I admit other people will be disagreeing, have other opinions, but yeah, I kind of feel you've been a bit shit to the consumer. That's that's my opinion on that. Yeah, it's always my opinion. And we're talking about that combat pack uh, and anti-heroes. One of the characters which will not be in it, which would have been good, is John Wick. Keanu Reeves has straight come out and said John Wick will not be in Mortal Kombat. He said, no, John Wick's going to do his own thing. I was like, ah. Now, there is going to be a John Wick game coming out at some point, which will be amazing. Am I a bit shocked? No, because I don't think they probably want to see John Wick getting annihilated and ripped open because John Wick doesn't lose. John Wick, yeah, he does get beat up quite a bit, but he never loses. That's the whole thing about John Wick. No matter what, he'll survive. He's a survivor. So I don't think they want to see John Wick getting his guts blown up. Oh, and his head chopped off and putting a spike through it. Uh, bit of a shame. It would have been cool to see Keanu Reeves in Mortal Kombat. That would have been really cool. But other characters, I've got a few who I think would I'd like in there. There's a few who I'd like who I know will not be in there. No matter what people say, they just won't. But I'll make a DLC on that. Whether that'll be the following week, I'm not sure. We'll wait and see. I'll keep it. I'll keep it quick. It'll be soon. But yeah, I'll be having a little think about that. So you have to let me know, guys, when I put the message out for Patreon users. Pay, um, let me know what your thoughts are on which anti-heroes should be in Mortal Kombat coming up. All right, that is our news section. Oh, actually, no. One final bit of news, I should say. One final bit of news. And basically, it's to let you know what the game of the year is going to be next year. I'll make this very clear. I'm putting my, you know, literally cards on the table. I'm putting it out. It is going to be bluey. Bluey, the video game, is coming out shortly. That will be game of the year. I don't give a shit what anyone says. And if you don't know what Bluey is, you haven't got kids. And Bluey is the greatest thing of all time. Literally, that is what I adopt my parenting for. If you are a new parent or becoming a parent, watch Bluey. And it will basically make you happy. That's all I can say. And Bandit is the greatest father of all time. Fuck Homer Simpson. Fuck Peter Griffin. It is Bandit. He is the greatest father. He has been named that in Australia before. He is incredible and should win the award every freaking year. So yes, Bluey will be my game of the year. It will be in the vote at the end when I do my um, award show. It will be in there. I don't care what anyone says. If anyone disagrees with you, fuck you.
Yeah, it's how we roll. All right, that is the end of our new section. Let's get into our free section, which anyone can play, which is Stick It Uppy Jinjo. Stick It Up Jinju is our free section which anyone can play. Now I put up a few messages on a few Facebook groups and I asked the question, what is your biggest gaming win of the week and what is your biggest gaming frustration? And we got a shit ton of responses this week, shit ton from the groups. So don't worry, if I don't read them out now, what I've done is I've put them all on a document and I will go through them. So whatever you've said, I will bring them all out. So don't worry, they're coming. So first off, and I'm going to butcher some names here. Steven Sulgit. That's a great name. Sulgit, you git. He says, waiting until tomorrow for Baldur's Gate 3. Now, I took this I took this a few days ago. So hopefully, Stephen, you have your Baldur's Gate 3. I assume you're waiting for it from the postman. So I hope you have that now and you're now playing it. Please make sure you go to the toilet and you, or don't take the game's console to the toilet. And you actually need to eat. You need to eat. You can't just play gaming. You just you need to eat food. Please let me know if you're alive, Stephen. Please. Riley McLean says, graphics, you know what I'm talking about, lol. It's more of a gaming lol moment. Do you mean, oh, he's put lol as in capital L-O, capital L. Do you mean League of Legends? You know what I'm talking about, League of Legends. It's more of a gaming League of Legends moment. Um, no. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, no. I've never played League of Legends, so... That shit's lost on me. Uh, no, it's gone. Sorry. Sorry, Riley. You have to explain. Explain. Explain to me now. Bloodshed Killia? Killia? My gaming frustration probably is winning fighting game tournaments with high crash prizes. Gaming win. I got promoted to Tekken King in Tekken 7. Online rank match. And he's shown me a picture. So, well done with that. Hang on. Go back. My gaming frustration is winning fighting game tournaments with high crash prizes. Why is that your gaming frustration? Oh, shit, I lost again. Oh, sorry. Oh, shit, I won. Oh, no. You've got to pay me. You've got to pay me 15 grand. Oh, that's just too much money. Oh, why do I win these things all the... Oh, I just... Oh, I just come to lose. And now I've got to take home this money. And now I don't know what to do with it. And now I've got to come next time and win some more. What do you mean? If I won a gaming tournament with high cash prizes, I'd literally be celebrating. I'd be like Bruno Mars running around topless. Like, yeah, bitch. Yeah. Does he do that? I know. He goes in a limo, doesn't he? I, I don't know. I'll probably just do that. Run around topless. I, I do these things pantless sometimes. So maybe pantless just with a bit of money. Shouting like Kazuya phrases the whole time. Going, yeah, 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 the whole time. Because I'm so good. I just don't. Explain that to me, Bloodshed. That There's some... I don't really understand. I don't. Robert Babb says, got in about 10 hours of Red Dead Redemption 2 and I've been wondering what the fuck have I been doing not playing this game for five years? You know what? No, I understand that because there are so many, um, there are so many games where, uh, this is why I think you're going down, that you're like, why have I never played, why have I never played that? Why have I not played that? This game is so, like, these games are so good. And I am look back now, you know, doing this show, 
I've got to play so many games I've never played before. And there are so many have gone, holy shit, this is a great game. Why have I never got my hands round to playing it? There have been some that have been absolutely horrified me and I'm disgusted in myself forever touching it and gracing my eyeballs. But there are a lot where like, wow, that's so good. Like, I've never played Red Dead, you know, either one or two. And I'm terrified to start because I think it's one of those, once you get into it, I think your life's lost. I think South Park, you know, had that so good when they made their own characters and their own worlds and it's like cheating on you with the game. I, I get that. I really do. But yeah, oh, well, Robert, I hope you've now got about 50 hours in and you've married your horse and you have nice horsey children. Please inform me how you are with your horsey children. And finally, Ethan Bristow says, trying to learn how to play all my favorite games after having a maze seizure. And I saw this and was like, shit. You know, all these bitching moans I've said before, like, does it really matter? Like, look at, you know, Ethan, I feel really, I'm so sorry for you, mate, I really am, like, like, I don't know what it's like to have a seizure, but my auntie has seizures, and I've seen them ha- have it in the hospital, and they're horrible, mate. Like, so I, I can't imagine what you're going through and how that messes, and, you know, I've seen how it messes her up, and I know every person's different. So I assume it you, you're really struggling now, like, to use, make your fingers move, if that that's what I'm getting at, and, you know, the messages to your brain to make the fingers do what you want to at those times. That, that, I know that I'm just assuming I apologize if I've got that wrong. But Ethan, I really hope that um, it all comes together. Uh, you know, I know it might take time, but please let me know how you're doing. Um, and it kind of when you look at everything else, what what are we all moaning about? You know, that that's a real that's a real issue. And I know I try and make this a bit of a laugh section, but uh, I'm not laughing here. I really am not. Um, so Ethan, please, I hope you're doing well. I hope you it manages to resolve. And you managed to get back to playing the games you used to love. So keep us updated and I hope you're doing well, my friend. All right, let's move into our final section of the show, which is called Survive or Die. Hey, listen. Survive or Die is our Patreon game, where each week we get two games, characters, franchises, anything really, and we have them knelt before Mr. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who is dressed in his earthworm gym suit, armed with Shower Khan's hammer. And he basically has the decision of blasting one of them to space, and sending their brains into the sun, and sending their soul to the nether realm. Now, as we are talking about Lunar with RPGs, I looked at two other RPGs I've never played before, and they are Suikoden 2 and Xenogears. Never played these before. Now, I have no horse in this race. Not a, not anything. But I'm interested to hear what you guys think, and does that sway me into thinking which one I should be playing first? Captain N says, Xenogears was and is one of the best PS1 RPGs I've ever played. Its religious overtones, as it slaps you right in the fucking face, and gripping story makes it a must-play for any JRPG fan. The combat is exciting, the characters are great, and the only problem is that the story feels unfinished. I voted survives because fuck sucky doo doo den or whatever. Fair enough. I, I I have heard both stories are good. Yes, I have heard this religious overtones for Zero Gears. Ooh, but fuck sucky doo doo den. Ha! <laughs> Sucky doo doo, sucky doo doo. I like that. 
Storm Beagle says, I want to play both, but I think I'm most looking forward to trying Sukadin. So I think Xenogears would need to go. Sorry, Xenogears. That's fair enough. You don't need to apologize and you don't, you know, you need to give a reason. You've not played either, so you just decided that's the one I want to go for. No qualms with that, Storm Beagle. No qualms with that. Chris Coplin, who decides to give me a freaking essay. My God. Right, here we go. Ah, this is a topic I can get down with. I tend to think that Suikoden 2 is way overhyped. I enjoy 1 and 3 far better. Also, because of this hype, the price of the game is utterly ridiculous on the second-hand market. But an overhyped Suikoden game is probably better than most overhyped and overrated JRPG of all time. Xenogears is probably mostly for edgelords who wanted to feel intelligent while telling their parents that video games are a higher form of art. While the latter part of the statement is true, it's not because of Xenogears. It's because of the game where people will be like, yeah, it's smart because it has themes from Freud and Jug in it, without even knowing who these people were or what they said. Oh, and it's dark and brooding with its mean meaningful religious themes. But those themes have the depth of an in inflatable kiddie pool filled with soy sauce. Soy sauce because it's salty and dark. It's like the emo kid who dyed their hair black, wore pentagram necklaces, smelled bad, and claimed they couldn't get a date because no one could understand them. Xenogears dies, mostly for this too but also goes so far up its ass that it doesn't even have to get the Shao Kahn hammer because its neck would get dissolved by stomach acid. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I've just got this image now where I start playing Xenogears and I'm literally going to get my hair long and my wife's going to be like, what's wrong with you? And I start getting like a bang across my face going, you don't understand. This is the game. What depths it takes my soul. It takes me to a place. Because I've got to breathe deeply. That, uh, that I'd never been before. And uh, only the darkness takes me. I don't know where I you know where I'm going to come out. And literally all well, the whole time it's like this purple, purple like light is engulfing me. And one day I may reach the darkness in my soul. And my heart will find the lights. But until then, the raven has my has everything that had to do with me. I eat only the blood of my victims. I bet a million quid Chris was one of those kids. I bet a million quid that was Chris. And he's actually reflecting about his own childhood. He is the emo kid. Cause we all had those, didn't we? Back in the days, we had the emo kids. Do we, do we ha still have them now? The proper emos? They were a kid. I, I look back at my daughter now. I look back at my daughter. She, she, she's gone. She's still here. I'll be like looking at her. One day, kids, we had emos. Like, well, Daddy, what's an emo? Play Xeno Gears, kids. Play Xeno Gears. So, okay. Unfortunately. So the, the answer is Xeno Gears dies for you lot. However, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Sweet... Sucky Doo Doo Den needs to die for the simple reason... I want to be an emo kid. <laughs> I want to get... I want the darkness to envelop my soul. <laughs> I want it. I want... Bring on the darkness. Just... <laughs> just to piss off people. Because that's how I'll speak the whole time. Actually, I might not even speak the whole time. I'll have a guest on the show and we'll just be quiet for 45 minutes because nobody can understand us. <laughs> it's too... It's too in-depth for you fuckers. <laughs> 
Oh, that's so good. All right, Xenogears, you survived another day. And Sucky Doo Doo Den, you are getting your brain splattered. And I should say, yes, it is very expensive on the second-hand game market. But if you do just want to play it, wait. It is getting a remaster. Just wait a little bit longer, and it's becoming out. And that's how I'm getting hold of it. I'm telling you now. All right, thank you, guys. I really do appreciate when you get involved. Okay, what have I been up to? Um, I have been to the Sydney Comic Con. I got a media pass. Now, I could only do the first day, so I went on Saturday, and it was held in Sydney in the city centre by the Olympic Stadium. It was massive. Now, I've been before. I think I've mentioned on the show I, I've been before, but that was from, like, me. Now, this time, I was there as a, as a member of the media. So I went round, just took loads of photos of people's cosplays. If you've been following me, either on Instagram or on the Twitter, I've been putting some of the posts up there. I did see a Sega Saturn arcade stick, which insulted me. I put that up on the Patreon. And, yes, they've got a laugh out of it because they think that's the funniest thing ever. Fine, fuckers, deal with it as you is. But I saw so many good cosplayers. And it was weird because... I couldn't know who was a gamer and who wasn't. So anyone who had a really good cosplay I was giving a business card to. Anyone with a cool t-shirt gaming, I was giving a business card to. And I was just kind of doing a loop and basically going between the retro consoles and just doing a loop thinking it's way too busy to go to like section B. Section A, I'll just say this small section because everyone is going to be coming here at some point. And my legs stopped working by the end of it. Like there was so much agony that like the top of my legs, just so much pain. Because I just literally didn't start walking the whole time. I just walked and walked and walked and walked and walked. And I really enjoyed it. I had so many great conversations. So many great people I had a laugh with. There were so many t-shirts that just had me in stitches. Some of the costumes were just, just great. Like, really great. I had a laugh when um, I saw some guys were buying, like, looking at the statues. And he wanted a statue. He was like, I want the booby one. And there were, like, five five anime girls with huge tits. He's like, the big booby one. The woman's like, which one? They've all got big boobies. And he's like, the booby booby one. I was like, that would make it better. And he was like, $300. Like, holy shit. But to be fair, I saw some ones from Dragon Ball. I was like, I want them. I want the Broly one because it looks tits. Like, I could have spent so much money at these things. And I met one group, um, the only retro, actual selling retro gaming, only Oz, Oz Gaming. And they were so cool. Such nice guys. And they had, I bought um, Dragon Quest VI and a Dragon Ball Z game for the Super Nintendo. Again, just to have like up. It was the, But they also had some really cool games. They had the Endless Waltz for the Super Nintendo. I've never seen that in the wild before, a Japanese version. But it was like $80. And again, that's not saying that's too expensive. It was just too expensive for me. They had Sonic 2 in the Mega Drive. And I was debating buying it. But I thought... I've already got that. I know I do. I know I've got that back at home. And again, it would just be for decorative purposes. That's what a lot of those games were. But yes, they had a Sega Saturn. I was like, it was disgusting. Um, but they had loads of great stuff. So I really hope that they did really well. And I hope they're going to be at PAX in a few weeks. So I hope to see them again soon. And I also got to meet these um, game developers. And they were showing me like uh, a camera game. And it was really cool. And have I, have I got my um, yes, hang on. I've got my phone on me. One moment. I will get my phone. Um, we'll just get it. It's called System Overdrive. And basically, they were university students. And they were showing off what their project is. Second year students. And the aim of the game is that you're controlling... This character's walking along. And you've got to control the camera system. And basically, if he's coming to traps, you've got to stop him. Like, there were like a laser wire. And you've, if he trips the wire, you've got... A code comes up on your computer. 
and you've got to basically put the password in really quick or he's going to die. And it gets progressively difficult as the game gone on. It was I didn't play it with sound. I think he needed like headphones on Darkroom would have made it more atmospheric. But I thought for the university project, well done, guys. And then basically this is going to be their project going forwards and the university lets them take it as their portfolio to send to gaming companies so they can get to working in the industry. So all the best to the boys and the girls there. I hope they do really well. And I'll be meeting them again at PAX. They are going there, but they were all saying, oh, yeah, we're flying. It's like, oh, fuck you. I've got to drive. It's like a 10-hour drive. Yes, it's my decision. I know it is. But it was great fun. I had a really, really good time there. I said some of the cosplayers were just so good. And there was a few Halo ones. And one of them, I was just like, that's outrageous. And there was a Negan one. There was a guy dressed up as... Oh, yeah, he was good. He was dressed up as Negan. And I was like, holy shit. And I was talking about, like, survive or die. And as, as we're laughing about it, all of a sudden, someone runs up and it's a girl dressed up as Carl. I was like, holy shit, that's incredible. And so they were both, we were all laughing our heads off. So we had them get into poses together. So I put up on the Twitter, like them basically said, oh, why don't you pretend to whack him on the head? Like knelt down as if it was like the eeny, meeny, miny, bow bit and they pissed themselves. So we got them to do that. And I was like, this is so funny. And I showed the wife and she, the boss is like, I don't get this. I really don't get it. I just don't get why people do this. It's, you know, as a, you, just, you know, that's not her cup of tea, but she flat down doesn't understand it. She just doesn't get any interest out of it at all. It's like another world to her. So, but for me, I just felt quite at home. It was just great. Like, what I'd love it is if, if I could take all you guys, anyone who listens, and take you all there and just go on the piss. It'd be so much fun. I really, I could really do hope one day, like if anyone comes to us, or if I'm back in Britain and anyone's back in Britain, or I go to America or Canada, or wherever you guys listen to and meet some of the fans, I really would love to see that. It'd be great. All right, I have been chatting quite a bit. What? Just let you know what I've been playing. Yes, I've been playing Sea of Stars, cracking on for that. I played some of In the Hunt, because that's coming soon. F-099, loving that. And I forgot to say I was doing a lot of Mega Man 64 last week, because that's going to get its own episode soon. So yes, gaming, 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 gaming. Lots of gaming. Now, I've been talking for a long time, so it's time to get your thoughts on this game before we go into the main chat with Chris. Captain N says, Chris is the authority on the Sega Sega CD Classic that was ported over from the Sega Saturn, a system that holds a very special place at the top of the Retro Wars universe, and I couldn't agree more. Captain N, go stick a thump your ass, <laughs> you dick. <laughs> and finally, Chris Coupling says, Captain N makes some great points about how this fantastic port of a Sega CD game on the Sega Saturn. You can stick a thumb up your ass as well. Dickheads. Right, we've been going on long enough. It is time to get to the main episode. I was joined by Mr. Chris Copley, and we had a good talk about this. And yeah, it was funny. We made some good points. There were some bad points. And again, yes, there were different ports of this game. So we, we do take that in mind. So um, let's get into it. We've been going on long enough. I'm going to play some music. And when I come back, me and Chris Copley from the Retro Hangover podcast are going to be talking about Lunar the Silver Star, which was first released on the Sega CD in North America in December 1993. Fuck me, I'm old. Returning once more to the show is my good friend and loyal, loyal helper with this podcast, Mr. Chris Copleen from the Retro Hangover Podcast. How are you, matey? I am doing fantastic, Danny. I'm really excited today. I'm really looking forward to talking about this game, dude. See, yeah, we're talking about Lunar. Um, now, Lunar, I'd never played before. This is one of those ones I'd never played before. And I think I only really 
decided, you know what, I'm going to play it because of the PlayStation cover art. That's the only reason why I think, you know what, fuck it, it looks really, it's an anim- looks anime as fuck. I'm going to get this game, I'm going to play it. And I played the PSP version. You played the dirty version, I imagine. I, I played two versions to get ready for this. I played the Sega CD version. The original. And... Yes, and I played pretty much the basis for every version afterwards, and this is why I'm so happy, because today we get to talk about a Saturn game on your show. Yeah, oh, no, 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 I'm not referencing that piece of shite, I am talking about the PSP version, you, 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 I knew you'd be buzzing, I knew as soon as I saw shit, they ported it here, didn't they, you'd be like, oh, great, we're talking about that crap, no, 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 I like the PSP version, that's the one I played, that's the one I finished, you fucking Jesus Christ. Cause, Which is based off the Saturn version, so I'm proud of you. Oh, no, no, no. No, you're not proud of me. Shut up. Shush. Shush you. Disgraceful. And Because I, I finished it. I fin- Praise Saturn. Fuck off. Fuck off with you. you, you. <laughs> Do you know what? I, make, I, I, think about, I thought about this on the way home um, yesterday, on the way from work, and I was always thinking about t-shirt designs. I'm going to make that as a t-shirt design, and I'm going to have you people... Uh, as like zombies, you know, like trying to infect everybody, and I think that'll be a quite a cool T-shirt. Just loads of you, like loads of different people dressed up with that certain certain logo, saying "Praise you," and ever running away, going "Don't let it get you." And dude, I would have to buy that. I would have to buy that shirt if you made it, because I'm always about loving on the Saturn, and to just see that you would have a Saturn branded product. I would totally be all about it. Yeah, and unfortunately, the other one that we talk about is Knuckles. That'd be a t-shirt design as well. <laughs> yeah, he would have five arms. <laughs> he would have five arms. Oh, terrific. All right, before I get upset and talking about satins and... Ugh, ugh, God, it makes me sick. Um, So I, I played the PSP version, so I was trying to work out which version to get hold of, and um, mm-hmm. played the PSP, and I liked it. It wasn't the best rpg i'll give it that but i did enjoy it and i did make sure i was on the plane you know poor missus is trying to deal with baby hiccups and i'm like no i'm not helping i'm playing luna finishing this i am goddamn finishing this and spent like a long time finishing it but yeah it's i can see why it's got such a history i really can yeah the fan base for lunar is is pretty rabid they are all about that game especially the first one like people do love the sequel too don't get me wrong but Silver Star and all of its little remakes and remasters and what have you, that's one dedicated fan base, man. They they absolutely love that game. Yeah, and I, I can see why. Cause, so, like, I know it's obviously very different depending on which version it is. But, like, when I played, the, the box art I thought for the PlayStation was incredible. I thought that is a really good-looking box art. Um, but I like the artwork. I like the sprites. I said I essentially had the PSP. Obviously, uh, I like the characters. I thought the characters were very nice characters and get behind. I enjoyed the music. I thought the music was absolutely beautiful. Um, I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the cutscenes. Like I've ne- I haven't seen many games with proper anime cutscenes, so I was like, great. And I love the story. I thought the story was really refreshing, and it was just genuine. It was heartfelt, and I was like, oh, I can get I can get behind this. It was nice. It was a nice story. There's kind of a dark spin on that story, too. So whenever we get to that, I like to bring that up. But it's nice you brought up the anime thing, because one of the features that they did when they moved over to the Sega Saturn and PlayStation is I think the studio's Katakawa, mm-hmm. the animation studio, big anime studio in Japan. And they were actually able to get a lot of major anime voices 
in order to stand in for the actors in the Japanese version. Too. Oh, really? Yeah. I, know they, I don't know exactly who they are. You'd have to look them up. But yeah, they're, they're pretty big names in the anime scene. They, ch- they changed the voice actors for the PSP version. They didn't get the originals because um, the people who, you know, some of the characters, they what was the, what was the bad guy's name? And Galleon, they changed um, Galleon's voice actor. Um, so he's, he's not John Truitt. No, well, I, I no, it's not the same. The same guy who played the previous versions is not the guy in the PSP. So I found. Oh, did you know that uh, Alex's voice in the American version? I don't know about the PSP version, but uh, in in the other versions, is uh, he's a singer in a boy band. Is he? Yeah, L- let me look that up. A real UK quick. boy band or an American boy band? Uh, an American boy band. Is it a good American boy band? Though? Is it one I'm going to know? Ah, uh, shit. I need to look this up, because we just talked about it. Oh, shit. Oh, you look that I'll, I'll I'll sum up the story. Um, yeah. So, the PSP, because oh, I had a prequel, um, but I'll go into that once I've said the story. So, the story is basically, um, you play Alex, who, I'm not going to lie, is possibly one of the most boring protagonists I've seen for a long time. Possibly is the most boring. He is a boring protagonist. He's the only character I thought very boring. Um, he basically wants to go on an adventure and become a dragon master like his um, hero Dine, who died years before. And circumstances happen that he and his friends Luna and Nash, oh sorry, Luna and Nash, have to go on a little, not Nash, uh, it was, it was the fuck? Ramus. Ramus, yeah, sorry, yeah. Ramus had to go on an adventure and they end up meeting heroes from the past and you end up meeting a guy called Galleon, who's a hero from the past. And it turns out they have to go save the world. Alex has to become a dragon master. And this is a, if you've not played the game, and we're going to spoil it to fuck, so just be prepared. Um, and yeah, basically, totally. it turns totally. out that Luna is the god who had basically wanted to become a human years before. And Galleon has basically tried to take over the world because he's gone batshit crazy. And basically kidnaps Luna to do his own bidding. So Alex has to go on his own little adventure, meet his cat, meet his friends, and defeat the bad guy Galleon and save the world. Pretty much, that's the plot. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, by the way, the the voice actor for Alex is Ashley Angel, and he is part of the boy band O Town. No, never heard of it. Some people are gonna go, "Oh, I know okay. O Town. They're great. I went to their concert. I've never, I've never heard O Town." I, I probably wouldn't expect you to. It's a boy band, unless you loved boy bands in the early 2000s. Hey, well, no, I liked them in the 90s. You give me a bit of Five. You give me a bit of Backstreet Boys. Oh, I'm seeing Backstreet Boys in a few months. That'd be cool. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, can't wait for that. They're coming, they're coming to Sydney, so I can't bloody wait. So that'll be great. That, But I, I digress. Now, the difference, um, one thing is with the stories, I know it has changed over the years just slightly. The PSP version had a prequel. I don't know if you knew about this. Hmm. Um, I did not. And so there's a prequel where you actually start the the main... It starts off where Dine, who is the, the hero, and Galleon, and basically you go to that... You, you reenact their battle, their final battle, and you are facing against the character called Eiffel and the five princes of the Black Star. So you end up beating them. And... Basically, you have to go say Athena, the god. That's what it's all is. You fight Athena, and it, it there's not much information about who Eiffel and the five princes of the Black Star are. I was like, okay, this could be setting up the story, um, but it turns out it's all one big story. 
um, that, that there was a bedtime story that Alex Alex's parents told him before bed. I was like, ah. But there's a part in the prequel where they end up killing Eiffel, and as they're walking off, you know, they save the day. Um, Eiffel, like, kind of like a, like a ghost, speaks to Galleon and basically kind of hints that Galleon, you know, you can't ignore this. And Galleon just really angrily just kills him and just goes fool. And that's so it. Kind of already sets up that twist that is gonna be that Galleon's gonna turn. It kind of sets it up straight away that that's gonna happen. So when it actually did happen, I wasn't surprised because like. Yeah, that right. that's kind of just done that for me. I can see something's going to happen with him. Yeah, uh, and it, depending again, this all depends on the version you're playing. Correct. And if you go back to when you played the Sega CD version, that twist that was coming was much more subtle. Like you could kind of tell in some dialogue options once you get right to the part where Galleon's about to turn that he's going. Something's wrong with him. Yeah. Like, he is, like, very angry and very bitter. But leading up to that point, it's like, he here's this great hero from the past, and Alex is so excited to see him. And, you know, all of a sudden he just turns and, and you know, kills Quark. And Who is a dragon. That's another difference. Yes, Quark is the white dragon that you meet at the beginning of the game with Alex and Ramus and Luna. Yeah. But another big difference is, when in the PSP version, is Luna with you when, when Galleon turns? Yes. Okay, in the Sega CD version, she is not with you. Right. Okay. And so in the Sega, yes, in the Sega CD version, you when you leave Vane, first of all, Luna doesn't go with you to Meribia. Luna stays behind in Berg. Oh, fair and enough. So when you come back, what's that? Fair enough. Yeah. So like when you come back, you're like all excited to see Luna, but you take Galleon to see Quark, and instead of capturing Quark, Galleon kills Quark. And then in, and then kidnaps Luna and enslaves the town of Berg to go work on his grindery. Okay, that doesn't... Which is way different than what happens in the uh, Silver Star. Yeah, story. that doesn't happen in Silver Star Harmony. Definitely not. And because, yeah, the half, maybe the, to make it fit, they, they realized, oh, maybe we just need to change the plot in some way. Um, because in some... I, I did like the story. Apart from Alex, I, I thought it was a really nice story. Um, I think the characters... What's wrong with Alex? Oh, pardon? What's wrong with Alex? He's just boring. <laughs> He's just absolutely boring, and there's little to no, not much character progression. I just, I just don't know. I didn't like him compared to other, other characters because like, you, you know you go through. So Alex basically goes on his adventure with Luna. So Luna's like his adopted um, sister, who they fancy each other. It's like, hmm, yeah, hmm. Pornhub, porno. It's like, this is, yeah, it is basically a porno. But, so Luna is the, the heroine of the story. Um, but it turns out, when the story progresses, that she is actually the god Athena reincarnated. And that's why everyone's right. after her, because she's so powerful. Um, but I liked it. I thought she was that, she had that typical anime feel, like when you see her uh, scenes, like when she's like, all looks like lost and helpless, or when she's like being very soft, but then she pulls that angry anime face that the girls do, like mm, like a Misty from Pokemon. And so I liked it. I connected to her straight away. Yeah, Luna's Luna's a really good character in Silver Star story and afterwards. In the original Silver Star, there's really not much to her. That I think again they do a lot better, uh, a lot better of a job hiding the fact that she's Althena. And that, you know, she's this all-powerful god. Yeah. You could tell that she's the love interest of Alex, which, again, is weird. Like, stepbrother, stop. But, you know, <laughs> you're, you're not... <laughs> they 
they they go more into that in Silver Star story and really try to develop that love story yeah. even further where it feels a lot more flat in the original. Yeah, they definitely push the love story. Um and so Alex basically they won't tell each other the feelings because of course they won't. They meet Ramus, who's like their friend, their childhood friend, and he he's at like the one of the first party members and he wants to own a shop, but he leaves you later on. He leaves you quite early basically when he once he gains a shop. He's like, no, fuck this, I'm done. It's time, I'm, you know, money's more important than saving the world. You do what you want. So it kind of leaves Alex and Luna for a bit. But as they go on, they go and meet their friends, uh, which the first one they meet, I think, is Nash, who is an apprentice. Yes, basically, they meet Nash first. Yeah, he was an apprentice. He's an apprentice magician. Um, he's a cocky-ass prick who he grew on me. He had to really grow on me, Nash, for a long time. Because at first I thought, you're just a dick. But then you kind of realize he kind of grow his character really grows, and then later on in the story you realize you find out really late in the story that he's a spy, and he's like he's basically dobbed you all in because he just wants the best for the work for his for, he's got following a path he thinks is right even though he's betraying everyone. I was like, you fucking prick, you dickhead! Yeah. I I fucking hate Nash. <laughs> I can't stand him. It took it took me a long time. And his time. abilities suck. His he is the worst party member. He is I I cannot fucking stand Nash. He just he feels like a fifth wheel. I give you I that. Hate him. Yeah, in battle he feels like a fifth wheel. He really he, his, his magic is just useless in comparison to Mia, who is his love interest. Yeah. Um and Mia is this quiet little girl who is the daughter of one of the heroes. Um, who saved? Yeah, Lamia. Yeah, who saved Vale? So who saved the world years before? But she's very quiet, and her character arc is basically becoming less quiet and becoming this more confident person, eventually a confident leader um, of the Magic Guild. And uh, again, her character development—we've seen it all before. But yeah, she's actually quite useful in battle. Her spells are way more powerful than Nash's because Nash is just a bitch. You have Kyle, <laughs> who is your second swordsman who's basically a big drunk. Um, but w- when he eventually joins the party, he is involved in cross-dressing. I don't know why that was relevant to the plot, but he cross-dresses. I don't know. Oh, oh it, the reason it's relevant is because they're going around trying to steal all the singers. And so he he's dressing up to pretend he's one of the, the female singers in his village. So they'll come and try to attack him while you know everyone else is distracted and they can get away. Right, that makes more sense. Do. That makes far more sense. Now, I didn't mind Kyle. He was just, he's just that brute, isn't he? He's just that over-angry, stupid brute character. He's like, okay, I've seen Kyle before. But then you had Jessica, who is his on-off girlfriend, who I absolutely loved. Yeah, I freaking love Jessica. So she's the daughter of another hero, of course. And I loved her. She was like a beast woman. But I loved her design. I loved her character. I loved everything about her. I thought she was she was for me my favorite character to play with, and favorite character to use, and and favorite character to just anytime she was on the screen, I liked her. Jessica's great. I I think Jessica is also the best character in this game all around, and in terms of development, in terms of her dialogue, uh, and then I, I love Kyle too. He seems like that that character that I just absolutely adore, but there's going to be someone who just prattles on about how he didn't age well. He's definitely a gem of the 90s, and that's why I think I, I absolutely love all of his dialogue options. Yeah, he just goes from, like, really calm, and he's like, I'm, I'm okay, and he's like, you hurt Jessica? I'm going to fuck you up. 
And I was like, oh my God, he definitely is a product of the 90s. And then if in doubt, just hit the booze. If in doubt, become an alcoholic. I was like, okay, he's fair enough. And then, I mean, now, neither of them will actually tell you. No, go on. Now, in the PSP version, is he like constantly hitting on every woman and just talking about how he's going to sleep with everybody? No, no, he's not. Oh, he definitely does that in the earlier versions. He's a bit of a womanizer, is he? A, a bit. No, he's a total womanizer, man. He is a man slut. <laughs> he's not so much of a man slut in this version. It's just basically the whole relationship between him and Ka- him and Jess is like the main weight, main thing that goes on throughout. Yeah, um, but that's that's the thing. Is like he's with like Jessica's in tow the entire time. That's like his his on again, off again flame. And every single time he runs into like this another female NPC, he's like, "Hey, baby!" Like you want essentially, "Hey, baby, you want a bang?" But not like in those blunt of terms. And then Jessica just chews his ass out. It's great. Imagine that. It's like you go on, go on a thing with your ex girlfriend that you possibly have feelings for, and every girl's like, "Hey, hey, baby, you want to fuck?" And she's like right in front of yep. you. Ignore her. Ignore her. She's the dead weight. Jesus. Have you seen an echidna before? <laughs> Guess what? I replicate one in this. I had it surgically done. Oh, <laughs> fuck! Uh, and the f- I had to get, okay, that's my one. I'm that's your one. Yeah, everyone gets one. Um, and get <laughs> shout out if you get that reference. Um, now everyone, and uh, also oh, you, you also have um, your own little pet dragon. Well, he's a he's a cat thing, but eventually turns out to be a pet dragon called Narl. And I didn't mind Narl. So Narl's like Alex's little floaty cat thing. He follows him around. I didn't mind Narl. He was kind of like one of the most sensible characters in the whole thing. He was kind of like the the voice of reason. Like he was kind of like saying to everyone, "What the fuck? Just, just, what are you doing?" Like everyone else is like struggling around. Like, oh, I'll tiptoe around this bollocks. And Narl's like, "Just, just, what are you fucking doing? Get on with it, dickhead." So I like Narl. Yeah. I like yeah, Nal Nal has a bit of an attitude, but he's realistic. He's he's kind of like the mouthpiece for Alex, since I think Alex was supposed to be a a silent protagonist, and then because he was in the Sega CD version for the most part, right. I think he only has like one line of dialogue. That explains why so, he's a boring twat. Yes, there we go. He's just cardboard. Yeah, he is. He's just very. There's not much about him. His dialogue is just. There's not most of the time. He just goes Luna, and that's about it. That's all he does. I was like, okay, fair enough. He, he whines a lot. He does whine a lot. So that's why I was just like, no, nah, I'm bored of you now. It's like it's like getting a whiny version of Squall from Final Fantasy VIII, but less bitchy. No, because like he's he's never he doesn't like feel sorry for himself. He's just like, oh, I need to save him. If we don't do this, they'll die. It's it's a much different kind of depressing. Exactly. So I wouldn't call him I wouldn't call him Squall. I would just say he's he's not very motivating, or he's just like stereotypical hero dude. Yeah, there's there's nothing interesting about him. Yeah, and I wish they just leave him silent. Yeah, I wish they had. I'd wish they left him silent. I would have been a lot more a lot happier if they'd done that. And so the reason why I'm doing the story first because there are huge plot holes which I just need to go into. Um, but as so. Eventually, so the, you end up meeting um, you end up meeting Dine, but he's not called Dine anymore. What's he called? What's he Lake. Called? What was it? Lake. Lake. That's it. So you end up meeting Dine, who basically isn't dead, and it turns out that Dine lost his dragon powers, his dragon master powers, through the events, which gets explained. And 
I thought, okay, fair enough, you've explained that quite well. And it kind of goes into Galleon's, basically Galleon's reasoning for becoming a wanker. And his idea is basically mm-hmm. the world needs a god. The world needs a god. But Athena's like, no, 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 world's going to be fine. I'm going to become a human. Don't worry about that. And Galleon's like, no, no, the world needs something. The world needs to have something or there'll be no balance. And so he decides, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to become that god. And the whole thing of this, I was kind of thinking, right, so you, you, know, you go off and... Everyone knows Galleon's the bad guy, and you're going off to beat him. Dine is kind of like behind the scenes. And I'm like, Dine, where are you when we're doing the final battle? Why aren't the fuck you getting involved in this shit? You're level 99. Okay, so in the original, the reason Dine doesn't join you is... Well, first of all, like he's Lake up until a certain part. Mm-hmm. And... In the original, when you're going, leaving Might's Tower to head towards the Grindery or the Frontier or whatever, I can't remember the specifics, but uh, you're getting into you're getting into the airship, and on, when you're on your way up, Lake gets turned into stone by Zenobia. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, he he fights her off while you go in your airship, so you can go fight Galleon. Yeah, so that makes sense in the original. That doesn't happen in the the PSP. No. So I'm kind of thinking that. This is ridiculous. It was like, like, get involved. Go fight. You're level 90 fucking nine. You're like, you could add three of the members of my team and you're still stronger. It's like, just go kick ass. He's like, oh, it's your quest now, Alex. No, fuck off. Join in, dickhead. Like, you're basically Kyle. You can't say, oh, I haven't got the Dragon Master powers anymore. Yeah, fair enough. But he, Kyle hasn't. And he's fighting. <laughs> so you fight. Yeah, I mean, they don't really explain why he just doesn't join your party either, but at least it explains why he doesn't go with you into the tower, the Silver Spire. Yeah, in your version, yeah, not in my because version. because he gets yeeted. Oh. Yeah. My version doesn't explain that. And the other bit, which I was kind of... Okay, so... There's obviously that, that cliche that all the characters are related to the past heroes. It's just a bit of a cliche, isn't it? It's like... Oh, of course, of course, everybody's freaking related. Of course, you get to meet the heroes of old in, you know, seconds. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. can't they just be random? Kyle seems to be the only person who's just a little bit Nash. random. And everybody else is connected to a hero in some way. I was like... Not oh. Nash. No, Nash is the understudy. He's Galleon's understudy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. I guess that makes sense. And Alex, just he idolizes Dine, but he's not really Dine's understudy. He just comes from the same same town. Yeah, what are the chances? What are the chances? Well, you know, it's all prophecy and shit. I don't know. Give me prophecy and shit. Fucking and the whole thing. Oh, we're gonna be now. You know what? I'm gonna become a dragon master, and that's what there's the two design choices I want to look at here. So you go. The whole point is that he has to go around and go um, obtain these pieces of armor. Uh, to become the Dragon Master, but I'm not going to lie, the Dragon Master armor looks a bit shit. It looks awful. It, now, are you talking about the character sprite, or are you talking about his anime design? A uh, bit of... Well, no, his, his, char- his, his actual character sprite is actually quite cool, like, when you put it there. But when you see the anime, and it all, all he's standing there with the costume on, I was like, holy shit, he looks like a wanker. I don't think so. I think he looks... I don't know what he looks like in the PSP version. But I think in the in the Sega CD and you know the the thirty two bit versions, I think he looks fine. It's actually his character sprite that looks like awful because they give him a cape for some reason. I'm like, why the fuck does he have a cape? He does not, he does have, a not cape. have a cape in the anime. No, he doesn't. <laughs> why? It's like, right, here's your source material. He needs a cape. No, he doesn't have a cape. No, fuck it, put a cape in. Everyone likes cool with a cape. <laughs> it's just... I don't like it. 
you, is it, now there's one of it also a bit questionable when Galleon um takes Lu- he, he abducts Luna and like makes her a slave and he ch- near the end right near the end of the game he changes the design and makes yeah. her basically unleashes the god essentially unleashes the god inside her and she starts like ripping things apart did her design change oh yeah yeah i was going to ask you that uh because when you start when you start mentioning this in the Sega CD version, I haven't made it this far in Silver Star uh, yet, but in the Sega CD version, they completely sex her up. They like Princess Leia the shit out of her. They, like they put a little bikini on her. Yes, they do. And yeah, she's fifteen, by the way. Yeah, I thought exactly the same thing. I was like, holy shit, they have sexed her, and there's like a sidewood bikini thing. What is it? Because none of the other characters has this sidewood bikini thing. So like, imagine it doesn't. I don't know what's holding this freaking bra thing up. But it's like she comes from the side, hold covering her nipples. Like she's fifteen. It's Japan. It is Japan. Like again, maybe as as a parent now, I'm like that's inappropriate. As a small child, if I would have been like, yeah, as a fifty, as a fifteen yeah. year old, as a fifteen year old, I should clarify. But as a you know, as a, as an adult, <laughs> as a parent, I'm kind of like, no, that 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 yes. yeah, that, that knuckles thing he's doing at the moment where he stamps anything. No, that is illegal. And that's how I can't. let's let's not let's not bring up knuckles while we're talking about fifteen year old. Oh god, okay? no! Oh god, no! But he's like, <laughs> you just completely sexed her up for no reason. Uh, I was like, yeah, man. Why make her sexy? This is this is like rule thirty four sort of shit. I was like, no, fuck no. Like when when I was playing this when I was like 13, 14 years old. Yeah, I mean it was fine. I didn't think much of it. Yeah. But now that I'm like an adult and uh, I have kids, it's kind of like. Oh wow, that's that's a little creepy. Yeah, and you can go. Uh, there's a place you can go into, a, a, like a bath. As long as you have some soap, yes, you can. You can watch the the girls in your party bathe. You can also watch the men, by the way. Uh, but either way, these are 15 year olds, and like all they have to cover up the the women's tatas, like their their tits, is like their hair. Yeah, everything standard. else is there. And this yeah. is this is. I think like, and they, they animate this as well. This isn't sprite. This is like anime screens they full anime you. yeah so uh come on japan it's like oh again rule 34 rule 34 and you can you imagine it's not this? even 34 because it's official yeah oh it's official you don't even yeah. have to look it up i'm seeing things though can you imagine luckily i'm sitting on a plane and it was nighttime when i was at least like i didn't watch the 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 bathing scene but when it came to like when you they sexed her i'd up, say I'm, that too i'm sitting there going yeah. I hope no one fucking looks what I'm doing because this looks so fucking wrong. Thankfully, everyone is asleep. <laughs> so thank God for planes. Let's just say it like that. Um, Look, I think anime's big enough. No one would have questioned you nowadays. I think they'd all get it. They'd just be like, yeah, he's one of those weebs. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's not a problem. And the... Oh, there's a there's a, one iconic part in this story, which I... <laughs> which is Luna's song. And she sings on a boat, and they animate it, and it's a really nice song. Um, and a lot of people who love the franchise look towards that moment as in one of like the pinnacle, the moment of that franchise. Now, I'd heard this was coming. However, mm-hmm. when I was playing it, this is when I was at home, and the mother-in-law was still here, and the wife was watching TV, and it came on, and I got the look of fucking death, as in turn that down. So... <laughs> <laughs> the most iconic bit in the whole game, and I'm just watching a screen with no sound. I went, ah, well, this is kind of killed the mood a little bit. 
See, I don't I don't think it's that iconic. I don't get it. Um a bit mixed in with a spicy take here. It's kind of like the opera scene in Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. Where everyone's like, yeah, this is this really emotional scene, and it's iconic of the of the game, and you need to see it. It's just, it brings everything together, and it speaks to much more than what's going on. But then I get to it, I'm like, what, that that's it? Like, <laughs> I, I'm getting nothing from this. It's just, it feels like they just wanted to have this long animated sequence. It's animated very well, especially for the time. Mm. Especially for like 1997, 98. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, I, why is this here? Yeah. I, I don't care. Yeah, you can have that. Like, why? One thing is, I don't, the Final Fantasy VI one you can definitely have. Like, I, I've never, I've never seen the big thing in it. I, like, I like listening to On Distant Worlds. I like listening to, like, you know, when it's all been upscaled and everything. But I, I, oh, I, maybe yeah. I'm, I'm a sucker for anime songs. So I did like it. Do I think it's the most poignant thing in the, in the whole game? No, but that's the, that's when they sex her up. Um, but <laughs> I, I did like it. It was just a bit... No, no, no I mean, it's, it's well produced and put together. It just I, it doesn't need to be there. Yeah, and it, but it was just funny as I'm sitting there going, oh... Well, this is meant to be the best bit of the game, and I'm now just looking at a screen. This is fucking awkward, and oh, and there was that's a you know that's that's that really. It did have a good ending, the PSP version. It was di- the PSP version has a different, slightly bit ending, um, and basically when she becomes this almighty god, um, Alex is kind of trying to walk towards her, and she's like she's throwing lightning bolts at him, basically near enough killing yeah. him. And he's still like coming forward, and she's like, "Get back, get back, you twat, get back, fucker." And he's like, "No, I love you. I need to nearly kill myself for this shit." I'll tell you what, if that was a wife, I'd be like, "Nah, you, you're on your own, here, love." <laughs> I'd be like, uh, I don't know how I don't know how that's different because that's exactly how the Sega CD ending goes down. Oh, is it? In fact, they they yeah, and, and they add a wrinkle into the Sega CD version too. Now, in the Sega CD version, you don't have an Ocarina, and I don't know if they have it the PSP, because I know the PS1 Saturn version, it's an Ocarina. But in the Sega CD version, it's a Leer. And you have to... Now, in America only, in Japan, you don't have to do this. But in the American version, before you start walking up this this ramp to uh, Luna slash Dark Althena, you have to play the Leer, and, uh, or she will kill you. I will she? Yes. See, no, that doesn't... You don't have to play the ocarina. You just walk up, basically take a few electric bolts, and that's about it. So that's all yeah. you have to do for that. But I thought it was still... Yeah. I thought it was still a quite a cool... I thought it was still quite cool. I like that. There is nudity in the Sega CD version, too. That's disgraceful. That's... <laughs> Who's naked? Who's naked in the 30th? In the Saturn Luna. Luna. No, not the Saturn. Sega CD. So, uh, the... As soon as, like... Yeah, you rescue her. She goes from Dark Althena wearing the bikini... And then, like, it shows her throwing off all her armor, and then she flashes, and she's all naked. And then you see Alex holding her while she's covered in a blanket. For God's sake, any chance, isn't it? Frickin' Japan. Frickin' Japan. Um, so that, that, that's basically the story. Uh, I actually like the story. So it sounds like I'm dumping on it. I'm not. I really liked it. That's great. It, it was the bit which got me through it, the story, because we haven't even talked about gameplay yet. Um, because no. it's, a, it's an RPG, uh, or JRPG. And Wait, wait. One second, before we go to that, I well, want to get your opinion on something when it comes to the story. Go. Real quick. So, the Vile Tribe. Mm. Now, in, in the Sega CD version, they really don't go into their background. No. But in the... I know in Silver, in Silver Star Story, what, like, the Vile Tribe, the, the reason that they're so angry is because, like, 500 years prior, Althena banished them to the frontier. Yeah. And essentially left, for, left them for dead. Yeah. So, in theory... 
Althena's being kind of a massive prick to these people, and they're kind of justified in being angry at her. I'm kind of with that. What's your thoughts on that? I'm kind of with that. It's like, okay, fair enough, you're pissed off with them, you're banishing them. Okay, maybe maybe do something to try and, you know, if you're going to banish them, maybe not leave them for dead. Maybe try, I thought Athena, a god, is meant to be all about, you know, welcoming and forgiveness and showing them the right path. Well, how is banishing them and nearly killing off their whole tribe? Any any yeah. way of trying to bring harmony back, you're basically looking for retribution in that sense. So yeah, Athena, you brought on your own shit here. She's an agent of genocide. Yeah, she is. Yeah. So Athena, get fucked, basically. You're, this, <laughs> this is your own fault. Everything that led up to this is your fault. It doesn't happen in the Sega CD version, by the way. None of that happens. No, she's a good character. That doesn't happen because they had two more characters later on in Silver Star. Um, they had the the main bad guy, well, the main tribe lady. They had two more, and one of them they sexed uh, up ridiculously yeah. again with that side nipple thing. Don't know yeah, why. Yeah, the bandaid on the nipple. Bandaid on the nipple. That's what it looks like. It looks like two bandaids on the nipples. Just just yep. Google it. You'll see it, and you'll go, "Wow, okay, that that's not practical. Yeah. That is not practical." At least she's over eighteen. At least she's over eighteen. Yes, that's the, that's the adults in there speaking. You know, waggy finger. Small victories. Yeah, you gotta look at those things. Okay, so the the battles themselves. It's a JRPG, and it's very different to a lot of our previously battles I'd faced, battles I faced, games I played, because not only do you have that time based thing where you know, basically until it's your turn, you have to think about where you move on the board. So the board's basically made up of hidden squares and you can move your character and position them where you want to go and they can run from one side of the field to the other, which was very different. Time's a bit tedious, but it was a bit different. It was a bit unique. Yeah, uh, for the time it was at least. Nowadays, it, it doesn't stick out nearly as much because you had other games do it since then. Like you have Grandia yeah. that did it. You had Skies of Arcadia that did it. Uh, I'm sure you've had a couple others, but yeah, back in 90, when this came out, 92 in Japan, 93 in the United States, you really didn't have anything that did what Lunar did. And so being able to play that and having to think about where your characters are strategically on the map and place them in a, in a grid for yeah. tactically prior to going into battle like that was not something that you had seen in final fantasy or dragon quest for example no you hadn't see so you basically put your healer so you look at your characters you're putting jess um nash and mia at the back or luna when she was there and then you're sending alex and kyle in the front to take all the hits because that's that's what you do um and that's how the battle would go but as the battle progresses the characters are still moving around the enemies can move around as well so it can get quite messy um, so you want to try and finish your battles as quick as possible if you can. Although the problem I had with the... It sounds a good idea in practice. The problem I had, again, this could be very different with the Sega CD version, is battles got mm -hmm. boring quickly. Yeah. Um, I, I fully agree. And by the way, I usually put Jess kind of smack in the middle because she does double as a very good uh, uh, offensive attacker as well. She's more of a very traditional D&D cleric that can do some some damage with her weapons in addition to heal. But when it comes to like battles getting boring, it's just because this was of the era, especially during the PlayStation era. And I don't know why it carried over to the PSP, but they wanted to animate fucking everything. Yeah. Everything needed like this elongated animation on the Sega CD. It's pretty snappy. Every single, every single spell like takes less than half a second to execute. And every single attack, they just walk up and go smack smack. There's not this big 
animated sequence to to go into detail about what the characters are doing. Yeah. So, I mean, battles still get kind of tedious because you do a lot of them, but at the same time, they, they move along a lot quicker. Yeah, they're, they're so slow. Like, yeah, it goes, say, for example, if Alex uses Sword Stance, it kind of goes to this, it goes to him, it goes black, the screen is black, and it goes, it kind of, like, powers up, then uses the move. I'm like, fucking hell. But it's not just all your characters. The baddies do the same thing as well. I'm like, for fuck's yeah. sake, this is taking and, so, yeah. so... Even on auto, it's like, oh, it just takes forever. And you you want to need... You, if you want to basically get through the game quickly, well, get through bot bas- bas- battles quickly you have to use your mp moves but the problem is is using your mp moves the is is quite expensive to replace those items so you're like oh fucking hell so then you have to think at about first when, yeah at first it's a pain in the ass but you need them so you think okay i haven't got any mp so i'm just gonna have to use normal attack but the enemies are like oh fuck it i'm just gonna waste your time with animations i'm like oh for fuck's sake and some of them are like put you to sleep <laughs> and when you got like five of them on the screen it's like oh my god no no now to the game's credit, and I don't know if this was in the uh, the PSP version or not, but I'm playing uh, the one on the Saturn at least. You get enough money that you can buy uh, not silver lights, but starlights pretty easily. And starlights they heal about thirty to forty MP or something like that. Yeah. And if you are if you learn the battle system and you're pretty well leveled, I, I found myself just having always enough resources in order to cover enough MP if I really needed to use it. It's just that the problem I had in Silver Star Story is that sometimes they give you a boss when you didn't expect a boss. Yeah. And so you, like, and for, like, the first half of that game, every single boss, like, demands to do nothing but sword dance and cascade and just heal, heal, heal. It's very repetitive and the same input over and over and over again. There's no creativity to the way you fight in a boss battle. 100% agree. No, that, that's 100% agree. Uh, I so never... that's it's not that way in the Sega CD though. Well, I I felt even like playing most of this thing, most of the thing, it was always the same battle structure, the same everything. Every battle I did, there was never I had to do anything else apart from what you've just said. And even when I eventually get the main team, it's just the same tactics I do for every battle, and there was no difference. And I was like, oh, fucking hell! There was only one boss I struggled with, and apart from that, it was just. Keep keep doing the same thing. Keep doing the same thing. Like I've just finished Golden Sun, okay, on the on the Game Boy Advance, and mm-hmm. how I play Golden Sun, I didn't. I could go into each battle differently compared to the situation, and it made me think on my toes constantly. I was con- but I never felt I was having to do this with this game. I just thought, oh, fucking hell, just just come on. If it wasn't for the story, I wouldn't have kept going. No, I feel you there. Well, in the second half, it gets a lot more manageable. It's just the first half, at least for me. Like, for example, uh, when you're in the Meridian sewers after your dragon... Oh, God, it's like the same stolen. thing. Yeah, what an awesome yeah. place. And and you're fighting that dragon. Yeah. When you fight that dragon, you have you almost have to go in with full MP. You have to go in with a character having a starlight. And you, you have to make sure Alex doesn't run out of magic points. Because if Alex runs out of magic points, you can't win that fight. No. And it's like, this is the first boss battle of the game. And they're already stacking the de- deck against you in such a way that it's not fair. It's not f- it's not fun. It's not fun either. Like, it's not, it's not that it's hard. It's just that, like, you need to have the proper amount of resources or you're just not going to win. Yeah. And it's, that's, that's not thinking. It's just that it's, it's bullshit. 
yeah, it, it is a bit bullshitty, and I just, yeah, I, I really had to push, like, because I had Ramus at the time, and I was really trying to push through this. Um, I got through it, but then, yeah, I think it just, it just battles just weren't fun, and that's what's really but a bit of shame, and because, and, like, most of the characters are useful apart from Nash. They're all fucking yeah. shit. But one thing, yeah, you, you want to get, like, items to replace your MP, and they were very expensive. But then, as the story progresses, Ramus gets his own shop, and at the end of the game, he basically says, oh, yeah, I'm, I help the Dragon Master. Take free shit. I'm like, why aren't you giving me free shit earlier, dickhead? Why aren't you giving me free shit for saving the world? You're a prick. He's You're my best mate. Man. You own the shop now. Help me, twat. He's a businessman through and through. He is a and then he finally man. realizes he didn't think that like the world was going to end before. Now that he knows the world might end if you don't win, then he gives you the free shit. Yeah, I, I, I think Alex should have had a word. Luna should have basically rule 34'd him, and then we wouldn't have had this problem. <laughs> Come on. We, no, 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 no. Wagging my finger at you. <laughs> Wagging my finger at you. I see what you're encouraging right now, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not happy with it. <laughs> I am putting my foot down and saying no, 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 no to this. No, no, disgraceful. This is, a, this is, this is for, not for children. Disgraceful. And the things that yeah, think about so, the children, Danny. Think about the children. So yeah, battles weren't fun, um, and there were there were some other things I had like some really problems with. And luckily, it wasn't a grindy game. There was only one point in the game where I actually grinded, and I think that was when I got to when I went after the fake Dragon Master. I grinded a bit there, and that was the only time I did, which I was really grateful for because I hate when the game's like yeah. you need to grind now. I'm like okay and i didn't need to do with that game so i'm quite glad with that but so enemies was grinding a was Sorry, grinding on. a pain in the ass for you like did, did it take forever to level up up until about the midway point yes because i think and i think it's because you can't clear the battles as quickly so it's like, yeah. but eventually once you get you know stronger and better equipment you can just start swords dancing everything and you get more party members then you can grind through things quicker because more party members means more moves means more damage simple as yeah. that and they just they barely give you any experience early on yes. like you're only getting like 70 80 experience and then all of a sudden you make it to this one area and then they start dropping five six hundred yeah so it's it goes like, like from 100 experience to 500 yeah yeah so that's why i said yeah i got to the i was advised get to this point where you can grind you get good experience okay so it did i thought like, okay yeah, i'm getting like 200 experience here so grind i did what i need to and then after that i was fine i just basically played them played the game and didn't need to grind again um because when it comes to grinding normally you know with these sort of games it's the people you meet sorry it's not like that random action based at like the pokemon thing but in a normal final fantasy trope but here it's the enemies on the screen so you have to go to them or they will charge you if they see you which i liked um but at the same time i didn't whilst i thought that was a good thing it was annoying when you left one area and came back and they're back again i'm like for fuck's sake so you gotta do them all yeah. again but only if you leave the area or you get to the end of the area no I, I, if you leave the screen they come back really yeah that was in the psp version you left the screen they come back so yeah in in the sega cd version it's random battles mm. so yeah you i don't know whether or not you like random battles i don't mind them because the battles were also faster and they didn't drain as much resources you had more battles but it, like it was there's a better flow to them in the sega saturn version that i'm playing right now if you go through a dungeon all the enemies you beat 
are are gone unless you go to like fight the boss and then if you have to back go back through the dungeon they're there again or if you leave the entire dungeon and come back then they yeah, repopulate that makes sense if you leave the whole dungeon i get that but there were parts in the yeah. game where if you just left the screen and came back they appear i'm like fuck that's bullshit yeah that's that's annoying and there was one particular place where you have to keep going down slot or fall down holes and they just kept reappearing oh, i was like jesus i've got fought these first, these first two wankers about 20 times so i cannot be bothered it was just it was really pissing me off and the other thing which kind of annoyed me was that the enemies charge you this is in again probably this playstation and in the psp version the enemies can mm-hmm. charge you and they can break pillars like and i was like oh i didn't know that and it was only by chance that that happened I was like, oh, that's yeah. a stupid mechanic because they have to be so precise that your dodge has to be so good. Otherwise, you're in a battle. I was like, oh, that's just shit. Just don't have that as a mechanic. That's really crap. Well, that's probably why they abandoned it after like the first two dungeons. Yeah, because it just wasn't good. I think no. it just didn't. Oh, it was just not a good idea. It was just stupid. And I was like, no, no. And the only other thing which really, really annoyed me. Now, again, this won't be a, probably a thing in the versions you've played. It definitely was with me. Now, normally, when you go see a character that advances the story plot, you you know, you know listen to what they say, and then when you get to the end of their text, that's the end of that. In the PSP version, you had to make sure, you even if they finished their conversation, you have to go back into the conversation because they may have more to say. No, and, that's that's in almost every version of Lunar, unfortunately. Is it? Because oh. sometimes, yeah, sometimes you have to talk to characters through two or three times in order to advance it. It's not very often, but it does happen to a point where if you're not used to doing that, or if you're not used, or if you've never played a game like that, you can get lost and have no idea why. Yes. So I can understand why that's irritating. That happened to me several times when I had to go speak to uh, Jessica's dad. And I didn't realize, I thought he finished his dialogue. So I went round, explored, why is the story not, where am I going? And I just went back to him and then he starts talking more. I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck, fuck? Tell yeah. me that shit before, dickhead. Why have I got to go <laughs> back into a conversation with you again? And I was like, that is, who thought that was a good idea? Who thought, oh yeah, that's great. Let's not give the player any incentive to click A again. Freaking stupid. Yeah, uh... Yeah, that can be infuriating if you're not. I mean, I think Grandia did that too. So I think it's just something game arts like to do in all of their RPGs. And I'm not about it. Just find the character, talk to them. Once they're done, they're done. Time to move on. Yeah, so that's what I... Right, okay, so if I I play that, because I've never played that, I'd eventually will for the show. I'll remember that because that'll upset me. That'll really upset me at that point. (laughs) Oh, fucking hell. There were other things... Oh, do you know what also pissed me off? Right, As much as I say I love that little cat. You like this game? I did. I do. No, I do. Right? It's the battles which fuck me off. Right? Yeah. As much as I... Yeah. It's that little cat, Narl. So he's basically... You see him in... He's floating around the whole time at the top. And then sometimes he'll come help you. Like he might drop... Like if someone faints, he'll come revive them. I'm like, oi, dipshit. Especially in that first bottle. That's that first first boss. I went, oi, dipshit. Help. Help. Now, Luna is down. Fix this. Fix this shit. I'm actually looking up now. Fix this shit. And he's like, nah. 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 I'm not going to do fuck all. Like, Get the fuck down here, dickhead. That pissed me off. It has to do with your luck stat. If they're unlucky, you know, he doesn't care. 
Well, clearly he doesn't, but he goes on the whole, oh, I love Luna, we need to save Luna. Well, you're not saving her now, are you? You're letting her rot away, and you're just watching her corpse. I'm like, Alex, there should just be, like, a button command where Alex just goes, uh-huh, to him, but there's not. <laughs> that, you know, that would have been a, that would have been creative, and just, like, for Alex to have an option that just says null, and then yes. null goes and revives or does something. Yeah. Yes, null, no, no should just be, cool. null, do shit, null, do fucking something. <laughs> That should what it be should be. That's, that's yeah, but it didn't. It didn't, and it you know it, it didn't ruin the game because eventually you get to the stage no. where you don't really need Gnarl, but early on you, you Gnarl is handy as fuck. Yeah, early on, I think that's really you know when you really want to sum up the gameplay is that like the first quarter of this game can be absolutely brutal Correct. if you're not ready for it. Correct, and then like the the last third of the game is just like this is easy peasy. And that's what I don't understand. It's actually something about JRPGs I don't like in general. That the beginning of the game is always the most the most difficult. And then when you get to the end, it's almost like a snooze fest. I've never understood yeah, that. It, it kind of did become a bit of a snooze fest. Like, I, 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 I faced Galleon for the first time. And you're like, okay, I'm going to beat him. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've, I've saved the game. And he's like, no, you've not beat me. And I was like, oh, fuck. And then the story went on for a few more hours. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. I thought I'd done it. <laughs> I was like... Why, why, oh, why? And then it went on, did loads more. I understand it, then built the story. I was like, why make me fight him, like, make it seem like I've just beat the final boss? I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. That's how I kind of felt. They stole that right from Final Fantasy 2, man. They do the same thing there. Yeah, but the Final Fantasy 2 thing made more sense because the Final Fantasy, he died and then came back. So that made my emperor died, and, and but in this you just defeated him, and he goes, "No, you've not defeated me," and just fucks off, and you got to do more. In Final Fantasy II, the emperor does physically die, and then basically yeah. goes to hell and goes, "Ha!" It's like like it's like you've killed Rick. Rick went to the devil and made him his bitch and came back. That's essentially Final Fantasy II. This okay. is just Galleon just being nah, nah, no, no, no. He's like Ven- um, for Swail- what was it um, Family Guy. No, no, no. Yeah. You've not killed no, me. No. So sorry. So sorry. No. So sorry. So sorry. You've got to do four more hours. So, so, no. You, no. Four more hours. It's like, fuck. That's how so, I felt playing that. So in the Sega CD version, that kind of happens. Like, you fight Galleon. And then once you defeat Galleon, you move forward a little bit. So it's kind of... You've played... Have you played Final Fantasy IV? Yes. Okay. So you remember the, the, the first of the four fiends, uh, Scar Migliazano, or whatever his name is? Yes. Uh, or you you fight him, and then he dies, and then you go across the bridge, and he's like, oh, I'm really, uh, have us final form. That's yeah, how that's it is bull- in the Sega CD version. Yeah, that's bullshit. Fuck that mechanic. What? You die, you die. <laughs> but it's not, you don't have to have four more hours of plot. Like, immediately you fight a more powerful version of Galleon. Yeah, okay, that makes more sense. That makes more sense you fight him immediately. Yeah, initially four hours of plot for Galleon to decide, okay, this is the real deal now, before just a warm-up. Don't back off. Yeah. Like, I would I would have been better had Galleon basically said, oh, right, I, I, I'm just stalling time to deal with you children. No, they make it out as if you've actually beaten him. I was like, that's bullshit. I was like, no, yeah, no. That's, that's horseshit. Yeah, it's so bad. Not that I write these things, not that I'm a video game writer in any way, but you know, I'm just an angry little Englishman sitting here on a plane. <laughs> and I go, but you know, look, and again, do I like this game? Yes, if you take out all the battles, I like the game. <laughs> if you take the <laughs> gameplay out, I like the game. Yeah, just... that sucks, man. 
I'm, yeah. I'm happy I didn't play the PSP, PSP version then. It looks fantastic. Yeah, it good. it's good. I love the sprite work for it. I thought the sprite work was really good. I think had the battles been snappier, I would have liked it more, but they just got a drag very quickly, and that was my problem. I was like, and considering like, I'm playing Chrono at the moment, Chrono Trigger, um, that's very snappy, that's very quick. There's a lot going on. There's a lot for you to think of, and that's even early on, but this just became, oh, that's how I kind of felt with it. Yeah, it does. The battles do make the game drag a little too much in every version after Sega CD. That, yeah. That does suck. It was like DJ Khaled, another one. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Another one. All right. No. God. That, yeah, that's me. Like, I, I, I've actually finished ranting and praising. Have you got any more to say about this game? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I love this game personally. I, I think the original Sega CD version is... Now, I'm more and more convinced that's the way to go. I mean, it doesn't look as good. And many would say it doesn't sound as good. It still sounds great. But, like, that, that Sega CD version, man, I think you need to take a look. Just because the battles are a lot snappier, the plot makes a little bit more sense because they don't try to add as much shit to it. Yeah. And just, just I think it's an overall more solid, narrowly focused pro- product that it just comes, it comes along feeling a lot better. Yeah, and I think, do you know what? I'll, I'll, I've heard this. And I'll take that. I'll take that advice. If I ever do decide to go back to it, I will go play the Sega CD version because I'm not going to go back to this again. But if I can play a more snappier version, I'd be happy. That That's that's my only thing with it. So if you are wanting to play this, just get ready for a bit of a... I don't know what the PlayStation version's like, um, but just get ready for the long haul. That's all I'll say. Yeah. That's that's all I got, man. It's just... Uh, it's a very important game to me. It's. It, I still think, yeah, I think it it's is, important. But... I think it's an important yeah. game. Um, but yeah, I think I didn't have that nostalgia that you you obviously did. Um, but I, I gave it a go. I finished it. I was determined I am finishing this game, and I'm glad I did. I say that despite me not you know dunking on the the gameplay, I did enjoy the story. I did want to find out what happens, and that's what's really good. You know, if you've got a game where even despite the gameplay, you may not like it, like in my case, I still wanted to watch the ending. I still wanted to get there. So I still think it's yeah. a good it's a good narrative. It's one of the best narratives I've seen for a long time. Yeah, and make sure to check out the sequel, man. It sounds like a, a lot of the gripes you have with the plot are are really fixed in Eternal Blue. So go check that one out. I I'll put that on the list for one day. One day it will be go. played. I guarantee. So if the you were gonna have to, if if you had to put that the backlog exactly, if you had to score this out of ten, what are you giving it? Ooh, which which version? Do you want me to score them each individually, like from what I played, or just want yeah, to yeah, because you score? played multiple. So yeah, go on. I give the Sega CD version a uh, uh, oof. I'll, it's a really good game. I'll give it an eight. I'll give it the Sega CD version an eight, and I'll give Silver Star slash Silver. Uh, I mean Silver Star Story slash Silver Star Story Complete the the Saturn PS One. I'll, I'll give that a seven point five. Like it's it's not as it's not as strong overall, but it looks a lot better. Uh, and and just the anime sequences are beautiful, so it, it does get a lot of points for that. So eight and seven point five. I'm probably going to give the PSP version a 6.5. That's probably how okay. I feel. If it wasn't for the story, it'd be way lower. But yeah, the story is what keeps me going. Um, so it's not incredible gameplay, but I got there. And the story is what I like. And I like the I like the presentation. The presentation is very good, very beautiful. Music is very good. Uh, yeah, it's just for me. The gameplay just gets a bit, little bit tedious. But yeah, so that's me all done. And yeah, as always, Chris, I really I I appreciate and you know I have to say this 
Chris, you are one the most consistent person, and you've been on. Like, there's so many episodes we've got banked, and I have to say thank you because you've been one of the main helpers of this show. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey man, it's an honor to be on your show. Uh, I know at the time of, that we're recording this, you're almost coming up on a year. In fact, I think it is exactly a year at the time we're recording this. So congratulations, yep. man! You're putting the work in. You're doing fantastic stuff, and and continue on. I'm I'm proud to be a part of this this uh, journey with you. Oh, you nice. Well, you get out of here before I start getting angry about Sonic 2 with you. <laughs> that game sucks. Shut up, right? Fuck off. <laughs> Praise Saturn. Later. Bye. And that was episode 86 and Lunar the Silver Star. I hope everyone had a good time and thank you very much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much, Chris, for once again coming on the show. I really do appreciate it when you come on. I look forward to seeing you all again next week for a new game, and you all take care of yourself. Until then, take care of yourself. I've been Danny. Bye-bye.